Check out We Are Calvin football podcast in association with McAvoy's Super Value, Virginia. Real food, real people. Try Super Value's own range in store today. Quality products at one third the price of branded labels. McAvoy Super Value, Virginia. Supporting local. We are Cavan Podcast. Because Cavan's not just a place, it's a people. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another edition of the McAvoy Super Value GEA podcast brought to you by We Are Cavan. On today's show, we're going to be looking back over the details that saw Rammer United lift the Oliver Plunkett Cup on Sunday afternoon. As always, I'm joined by the sports editor of the Anglo Celt, Paul Fitzpatrick, to dissect exactly where it went right for Rammer United and where it went wrong for Gauna. Um, I suppose, it's, look, there's, there's so many interesting points on this one for me, Paul, in terms of the review. At the end of the day, there's no doubt it it didn't come down to a referee indecision. It didn't come down to luck. The better side won it on the day is the most important part. Yeah, well, the best team wins the replay. You know, a team can fluke a win on a one-off game when we've seen that happen, a last-minute goal or decision goes against you. The best team wins the replay. Over the two games, you're talking probably two hours and 15 minutes of football when you bring in first-half injury time, second-half injury time. And I think Garner led for about 10 minutes of that you know, 135 minutes, whatever it was. So there can be no doubt that the Rammer are the best team. Um, and I thought they they found a new level. I thought in that first 20 minutes that you know it was probably always in them, but they haven't they haven't shown that in the last couple of years. They probably haven't played that way. Um, but the way they played there was absolutely ex- exhilarating. And you know the way old old boys at matches that be let it in, let it in. They would have absolutely loved that because Rammer <laughs> let in. And I mean. You know, and it wasn't just lumped in. That was the other thing. It wasn't just with no, lump it in right. from midfield, particularly Jack Brady's kicking, but anyone who was kicking ball in, they were kicking it 50 or 60 yards, but they were kicking it like within a yard either side of, of the likes of Edo Cole and fans like that. And those ads really made hay, like they were on fire. It was interesting. So last week we we, we in the preview on the podcast, we we discussed, or I definitely was saying there has to be a curveball. Mickey Graham had, had said that to me. I was going way back to 2016, Mickey Graham had said that to me. There has to be a curveball in a replay. The curveballs came, and, and, and I used the plural because Rammer brought a good few of them. The one with the long high ball or long direct ball in, like we discussed this way back in the podcast, how Mullerhorn created three clear goal-scoring chances with long direct ball into the Garner fullback line and had the Garner fullback line at sixes and sevens, didn't take any of the chances, but they did show a weakness in, in that, that fullback line. Then we, we didn't see it exposed again. Nobody, nobody done it. And Rammer hadn't been doing it throughout the championship. It's not as if it's a tactic we've seen Rammer deploy numerous occasions. That was a complete curve ball. That was left of centre. Nobody expected it to come but when it came, it was so effective. And that's the that's the beauty of a curveball. Sometimes a curveball works out that it goes completely the wrong side of the target. 
Hmm. But sometimes it hits the sweet spot, and that one hit the sweet spot. Ah, completely. Like, and they executed it so well. Like, I, I did think the first day that the management had got the Rammer players to the perfect pitch of the game. Like, they, they, they did get that, you know, really, whatever the opposite of a flat performance is, they, they did get that out of them. Like, it was lion-hearted stuff at times, but you know, something was malfunctioning in the, in the top end of the field like, for them. Like, they, were, they only scored the 10 points. They fixed that. And they, 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 they managed to maintain that level of controlled aggression and um, making right decisions that you need to win a game, but they fixed what was going wrong up front. And that was all it came down to. I think I thought it was, the Rammer management did a marvellous job. I thought they exposed the guy in the back line a bit. Um, we know that Garner are top heavy with forwards. Uh, we thought that Garner had a good enough defence to win the championship. And I don't think they had a good enough defence to win the championship. But I think that's what it came down to. And here's a stat for you, Damien. Garner scored four. We, we spent a lot of time last week talking about um, how many times teams scored and in county finals and so on. We're trying to come up with hints that might give us an indication of what's going to happen in this game. Garner scored 14 points in that final that has only been bettered by a losing team three times in the history of the senior championship that a, that a losing the, team the history of the senior championship yeah the history of the senior championship there's only three times that a team has lost the senior final scoring more than 14 points and that was 2011 or 2009 when Den scored 211 against Cavan Gales which is one that has slipped through the net a wee bit but I'll come back to that one in a minute uh, in 2015 um, King scored, scored 15 points in the last 16-15 and the, you have to go back to 1973 for the other one and that was Rammer as well they scored 3-8 and they lost the county final I think it was to Anna so it's only happened three times in, in the history of the competition that a team would score more than that so a few times teams have scored like 1-11 or 14 points and lost but mm. so to put up 14 points wins you most county finals yeah. you don't lose you very rarely lose a county final scoring 14 points so from that point of view you could say that that at the scoring end of the field, Garner did okay. Uh, you know, look, you don't look, look you, even, three times in history. Uh, you're you're beating scoring scoring that like. I have uh, again from my stats, Garner only missed six chances. They had six wides, five from open play, and and one from a free. They didn't create a goal chance, and that was crucial. I thought when when you think about it. You'd have, you'd have probably said that that 14 points last week. We definitely would have said 14 points would be enough to win this game. That, that definitely. In fact, sorry. Now that, now that I've just said that out loud, I know I've said to people in the last week, if, if whoever gets the 13, 14, 14 points would be more than enough to win this game. And I did say that. But why that didn't transpire was the first four minutes. In, inside the first four minutes or five minutes, one three to no score. And the stall was set out by Rammer. And again, the, all these core balls I'm talking about here, it's it's Ray Cole and the management deserve all the credit for these because the players don't just decide to do these things. The players are instructed, and and we heard it in the in the interviews where we heard numerous players talk about when well, we wanted to go after the guy a kickout or we, we 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 set up to go on the attack. But if you remember last week in the in the drawn game, uh, Paddy McNamee was down to start. He was exed out. Damien Bradley was coming in, or uh, Damien Barkey was coming in, and that meant that you could clearly say there's going to be seven defenders. There's there's no way that they can mix up the six that they have at the back plus Damien Barkey and end up with letting less than seven defenders. And Ben Smith was also retreating back, seemed to be covering the, the back line a good bit more. Then all of a sudden, before this game, 
there was there was a bit of a change then where you knew that they were going to go with, with, with more of an attacking lineup because they they hadn't named um they brought in Colin Maguire instead of Lurkin Lynch. Mm. And instead of it coming, you could actually make the argument well, Cahill was obviously going to come into the forward line. He's more of a middle third player. Brian O'Connell was going to come back into the back line. That's six out and out defenders. But that was where it stopped. The rest of them, maybe they were going to come back and try to help out, but they didn't. It was, we're going to press up high. We're going to go at you in the first five, 10 minutes. We're going to get off to a good start. And we heard that coming through in the interviews on the Die Hards podcast yesterday. Mm. We wanted a good start. We wanted to put them on the back foot. So again, the management just takes huge credit for the adjustment of that Lurkin Lynch, who had a great season, it has to be said, like was probably very harshly done by, in terms of, you know, did he do anything wrong? Did he deserve not to start? I don't think no, so. No, but it's a tactical I, thing. You shouldn't be too disappointed exactly. because it's a tactical thing. It's about the panel. You know, the, when you come through a couple of games by a point, every player plays their, their part. So, like, he played his part. He fully earned his medal, but uh, he probably would be disappointed. But, you know, it's all for the good of the team as well. That's it. That's exactly it. And 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 that's something that, like, I, I think he'll, he'll, more than enough people, I'm sure, around Virginia are telling them that, listen, you had a brilliant season. And and without Lurkin Lynch, they wouldn't have won this championship. Yeah. But that was a tactical and not an easy decision for a manager to make because when somebody's playing well, it's very, very hard to drop them. It's very hard to make a change. But that change signified we want to go on the front foot more here. It told every single player that was on the field, what we're looking to do here is attack this Gauna pack. And I remember saying before the game, when I seen that change, I think I said it over to you, that Rammer's, Rammer's going to go for this. This is the core ball. They're going to go for this early. And they did. That one three in the first four minutes. After that, realistically, the game was over because Rammer on their, on their third core ball, well, it wasn't a core ball. This was expected, I suppose. They were willing to foul at all costs rather than let down it through for a goal chance. And I'd say some of the analysis last week from Rammer United was they got through for three goals. How did we let that happen? We shouldn't have let them get through for three goals, fouled them. And they done it. And they done it almost systematically, but in good areas of the field. They were they were very smart about how they were doing it. There was a bank of Rammer players across the 45. Beanie was sitting in behind him when Connor Madden was out there. And if somebody broke that bank of, of Rammer players, Beanie was there to meet them or Jack was there to meet them. And it worked so well. Mm. Tactically, it looked really smart. It looked really clever. Mm. Yeah, 100%. Like, <clears throat> what they also have, I suppose, is they've got on-field generals there. They, they've got leaders. Um, you talk about that back line. And I was talking to someone around the other evening. They were kind of saying, oh, you lads on the podcast, you, you underestimated our backs. I said, what's that like? Because I haven't <laughs> seen them now um, holding Garna without a goal in two matches. I know, I know there was some last ditch defending the first day, but it's such a platform because they're, they they are able to go man for man. They they could see that there in the replay. They're good enough to go man for man. They, they look at it and go, well, Breen O'Connell would mark any player, uh, and like he did, he he gave Conor Madden his fill of it. Conor Madden couldn't get away from him. They also seem I don't know whether it was a tactic or. Did it just work out this way? But the ball would a 50-50 ball would go in between Brian and Connor and it would break and O'Connell would, would break it. And Jack Brady seemed to be there. He was like one of those wee goals that hangs around a hippo looking for the wee bit the wee yeah. bits of food to drop. Jack was just there gobbling up the breaks and coming out with it. And he's the man you want there. One of the one of the the managerial masterstrokes of this Rammer team 
is moving Jack Brady to centre half back. And I can tell you, Damien, living in Virginia, that was a big topic of conversation. And the amount of people that, that said it to me, and I agreed with them at the time, that Jack Brady should be playing centre half forward. And, and not, so many people said that. And you can see now why Jack Brady was playing where he, where he played this season because he's just an absolute general. He uses the ball so well. And I think it's a it's an absolute triumph for Jack Brady winning this championship medal and being so integral to it. Probably yeah. when we sit down and look through the games, uh, he's probably in player of the year territory. He's definitely in player of the year territory. He's possibly is the, the player of the year. And he's a player who came through as a forward with a huge billing because he was so good as a forward playing uh, with Kevin on the rage teams and those breakthrough teams, like, which will never be forgotten because he was on that force team and he played every game for those under 21s in Ulster. Then he captains that, that was up to like 2014 or so 2011, 12 and 13. He was there. Um, then he goes into the senior team and Kevin were playing very defensively at the time. And, you know, at the, he was doing okay, but the, the, the system didn't suit him, I don't think, the way Calvin were playing at that stage. And then he captained his club to win a senior championship. But the last few years, he's been kind of off the Calvin panel. He missed out on the Ulster Championship win because he wasn't on the panel at the time. But he has come back and just said, I'm, I'm one of the best players in Calvin. And I, no, sorry, he didn't say that because he's a very modest fella. But by, with his performances, the way I he's described it, it, yeah. The way I described it in print is people were questioning Rammer's bottle the last couple of years. They won a championship five years ago. They were young and um, people questioned their bottle. Michael McGuire said that, that when they played the Gales in semi-final, some of the players, he said that in, in on the record for an interview before the final, that some of the Gales lads were questioning their bottle. And serious footballers can't have that. A serious footballer doesn't tolerate that. He just told look, I can't have that. And they didn't. And they just came back and said, right, we're going to win this championship no matter what it takes. And they hung in there. And they, uh, I thought it was a triumph for Jack Brady. Um, Brian O'Connell, like he's he's different gravy. Like he's he's elevated himself now. He was always a class player, but now he's he's sort of a talisman, and he's the player that that you're like right. Doesn't matter if you've got David Clifford. We've got Brian O'Connell here, so um, we're, we're still confident enough that that, that you know this player won't destroy us. Uh, I thought that was yeah. amazing. The two McGees, like there was a story told. Um, someone told me maybe true, maybe not, but someone was saying about the two McGee brothers, like and they're. They're such brilliant players, like, but they haven't got a huge amount of interest in the game. And one, one of their teammates told me after the game that uh, a few years ago he was talking to him two days after the All Ireland final, and he and Matty McGeeus was, and he said, "Talking about the All Ireland, he goes, oh yeah, who won that?'" And the boys were like, "You know, you're <laughs> you're a senior club footballer, and as a senior club footballer, and a brilliant like, one, and a brilliant one, and like, so how many hours is the fella putting into his football to be able to play at that level? And yet, it's just yeah. he just loves playing and being with his buddies, so." I, I heard I heard the other one described as that the lads, the, the McGees don't mark men, they mark numbers. <laughs> I've heard that. I heard one of them was due to Mark Shawnee Johnston and some the management were telling them what to do. And he was like, which one is he? Just give me the number. So, <laughs> that's, but every team, we were talking about that off air, yeah. you meant to find every team has players like that. But yeah, just I said to go back to that 2009 county final where Dan scored 211, which is kind of forgotten about. And this could be an element, there could be an element of this in Garner's 14 points tally as well. If you remember, then we're 10, we're 10 points down after 22 minutes in that game. The games yeah. went something like 111 to 2. Would that be no 111 to 4 or something like that up after 22 minutes? And then then we're able to pile on a few scores later on in the game. And um, so maybe that was a factor in in and then running up that sort of record breaking score in, on a losing finalist side. Maybe that was a little bit of a factor at Garner as well. The other thing I was thinking about, Damien, was 
when have we seen a team come out in a county final and blitz the opposition to the extent that uh, Rammer did? So that the, the the last big example of that I think was the 2009 county final where where the Gales went ten points up against Dan in that game. Like we saw Rammer going nine up uh, after about 21, 22 minutes in this game. Mm. Last year we did see Crush Law go one five to a point up against Kingsford in the in the drawing game, but they got seven ahead. And you know my theory about the seven. Seven points often gets overhauled, but eight or nine rarely does. Um, I was just looking back to other games. The 2017 final, it was seven points to two at halftime, but Castron had missed a penalty in the first half. So it wasn't one-way traffic like that. Um, 2016 replay, Castron went five points up, uh, but still it's five. You can always come back from five, like you have a full game to get back. 2018, Crush Law went six up, but they only held the lead for a minute, 30 seconds or a minute, and Castron came down and got mm. a goal. So I think in terms of an onslaught, a first-half onslaught where you just dismantle the opposition is the best we've seen in 12 years. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's a fair statement in, in fairness. And like I know looking at, at the game inside those first, I know it's very easy to say it now, but I, I, I know I said it on commentary that it looked like Garner weren't at the pitch of the game in the first few minutes, that they, they, they just were, were kind of, expecting to have more time on the ball, expecting Rammer to retreat back a little bit. And, and it caught them so completely on the hop that they, they, didn't, they didn't deal with it. They weren't prepared for what was coming. It, it, was, it was a big, big kind of shock to the system, to Gauna. And like when you think back on it, another curveball that, that was, I thought, again, there's so much that the management here in, in Rammer done well. I... Now, and again, I, I'm curious. I didn't talk to you about this off air. Did Simon Cadden pick up Conor Brady? It looked like that to yeah, me. He did, yeah. And, and, and I just, that was a master task because I, I was thinking back after the game that it was a it was the, probably the quietest game we've seen from Conor Brady in the championship. He he was before last Sunday in player of the, he probably still may be in player of the year territory or com, he'd be in the conversation anyway. But last Sunday, he didn't have, have one of his better games. And yet Simon, while picking him up, had a markably better game than he had in the drawn game. Yeah. So I thought that was, again, another small little adjustment, but worked really, really well. Yeah, I agree completely. And in fairness to Simon Cadden, like, he had a poor game by his standards in the drawn game. And mm. he had a week to reflect on that. And do you know what I mean? He might have had doubts going into it or he might have felt pressure on himself. But I think that move by the manager, put him on the Conor Brady, give him a focus there. Like, your job is to curtail this, this fellow who's been playing brilliantly. And it actually, Simon Cadden grew into the game as it went on. I thought he had a super game. He got on loads of ball. Yeah. He was linking play. There was one stage he came out on a run, and I was just thinking, this lad is full of confidence because yeah. he had chances to lay it off, and he just kept going with it. And he's good at that as well. So, yeah, I, I think all around, James Brady, we have to make the point here. Why is the man not on the county? Again, like, that's making the point or, or asking the question. Like, it, it's it's... It's a statement and a question. Well, it's a, rhetor- it's a rhetorical question, yeah. Yeah. Like, it's, do you know what? Is there, and I'm thinking, I'm, I'm just going to ask the question outright and probably ask for the answer in my own head while I'm asking, but is there a better corner forward consistently in the senior championship over the last four years? Not better. No, not better. There might no. be others. There's I nobody that, better. That are as good. There is nobody better, in my opinion. Like, and he, he puts up, cra- he puts up crazy tallies. Like, like we're thinking about, I was looking at the teams that won, winning the championship in the last few years. 
And there's very few players that will score 1-8. Ushin O'Connell, sensational forward for Castellan and great man to come up with a big game goal, but he wasn't a 1-8 forward. He wasn't that yeah. type of a prolific, but James Brady is so prolific and he's such a goal threat, which is something we probably overlook with forwards. Like the goal threat is a huge aspect and he's he's always a goal threat of either foot and he, he can score spectacular goals or he can, he can roll them into the net. I think he's... Yeah, I, you know, if you go to county level, he's two footed. He's he's completely two footed. Um, he's got pace. Yeah, he's he's Johnny Johnson esque in, in how he can get a shot away in a tight space. Movement yeah. is a big thing at county level, and and his but, movement is brilliant. We highlighted this last is, year. Yeah, I think it is. Remember what goal did he score last year? Where it was caught brilliantly. In fairness to the guys in Calstream, but it was the movement of moving across the goal, cutting back out, and then. When when he made the cut just as the ball's about to be kicked, received it and, and stuck it in the net. Like he, his movement to receive possession is, is is phenomenal, absolutely brilliant. And like Cormac Brady had a really good year. Although Cormac was on Sean McAvoy. Like the guy in the back line were kind of at sixes and sevens wondering who was going to try to pick up who because none of them were really getting the grips with Cole McAvoy or or Brady. So it was changing over and back. But the different players that were trying to pick him up, nobody could could curtail him. Nobody could stop him. And oh. him, you know, him, him, him in a lot of space. It was a, it was a dangerous ploy. Like I, I suppose that was from the Garner point of view. While the tactic of pressing high, of of you know, going man for man at the back, but trying to turn over high up the field is very admirable. And when it works, it's brilliant. It, it also left the exposure. I think before the the drawn game. I was saying that you know you've got to have kickers, you've got to have somebody who can who can kick over that that high press or run through it. And what they've probably done brilliantly this time was Rammer kicked over that that high press and exposed a, a full back line that hadn't been exposed that much in the championship. Mm. That, that's right. That's that's basically it in a nutshell. Um, no, I didn't. I didn't think Garner lost anything in defeat. I thought Garner really stuck to their guns well, and they got it back to a one-score game there, coming there, coming there in the home stretch, and with a team that can score goals, like I'd imagine the Rammer supporters were never overly sure until the final whistle went. I know Adam O'Connell said that after the game that not until the final whistle went because you just never know because Garner are capable of creating a goal out of nothing. But I thought Garner lost nothing in defeat. They've won the league. They've got to a championship final loss in a replay. So I think this has been an outstanding season for Garner, given where oh, they're yes. coming from. But Rammer's need was was greater. I think Rammer Rammer had to win this championship, and it just goes back to, you know, how long was it going to drag on and them not to win it? And so it, it takes the shine off the twenty sixteen win if they if they if they go years and years without winning another one because it just makes it look like a flash in the pan. Now they've backed it up. You take the likes of James Brady, Jack Brady, Simon Cadden, Ado Cole, all these fellas, they all have have two championship medals now and lots of football still in them. So it totally changes yeah. everything. One game can, it's just changes everything. But I'm I'm worried that there might be recency bias here, but I I am hugely impressed with this Rammer team. By by the way they played in that first 15 minutes, I thought, right, this is this is Rammer at a new level that I I've never seen Rammer play this well before. I always thought they were a class team, but I don't know if you'd agree with that, but this is the best I've seen Rammer playing. Like I, at the business end of the championship in years, maybe ever. I'd, without a doubt, that was that was the best performance, definitely under under Rick Old that I've seen from them, and probably going back. I'm just trying to think, like if you remember the year they won it, they put in in 2016 some really good 
displays throughout the group stages. Yeah. And um, they, they were blowing teams away. But then in the knockout stages, they kind of ah, they, you know, just, they, just they slowed down. Games. Yeah, they slowed yeah. down approaching the finish line that year. Like they had a real dogfight with a good Kingsford team in the quarterfinal that year. And I think Cadden mm. was got a goal in injury time, but it was never a four point game. And then against Lavi, I don't think they scored that year in the last 20 minutes of the game. And then that's the, right. The final goes to a replay, the win at 10 8 in the replay. This was different yeah. gravy. Like this was just right. I, and been leading up to this point there, which I think the number one change in this Rammer team is Sean McAvoy. I think he's yeah. I think he's well, just sensational. I think he, he is the single thing that has changed most. Lots of things have changed. Obviously, he's not a one-man team by any means. But I think if you had to say the one biggest change, I think it is that Sean McAvoy's there now and starting every game because mm. look, he came up trumps against Crusher He came up trumps against the Gales. Uh, quiet game in the drawing game in the final and then he comes up how much confidence would it give you you see the youngest player on the team first touch of the ball booting it over from the wing then you see him under in a free. pressure under pressure on, under pressure like it wasn't it wasn't easy Cormac Brady was right on top of him for that one and you know literally the kick isn't perfect Cormac blocks it or it drops short or whatever he had to really nail that and, and I think in fairness to him he showed guts because after missing the couple that he missed in the drawn game, he could have shied away from that shot, but there was no shying away from it. He was willing to step up. And for an 18 year old, that's not an easy thing to do. You know, no. we, we've seen, we've seen really good players in the past be, be hurt and be scarred from that sort of a situation. But there was, there was absolutely no hurt, no scar. And from that point, he just oozed confidence and mm. had to go in the defense afraid every single time he got the ball and what I actually liked about his game too that maybe goes unnoticed some of the time but particularly once get once Rammer got one three ahead they managed the game after that I think that they literally said you know what if Gownett don't score four times in a row for the remainder of this game then we're going to win this so I think on two occasions after that they got three in a row but Rammer came back and got a point. So mm-hmm. they, were, they, were, they were balancing defence and attack a whole lot better than they did the first day. But Sean McAvoy was working very hard back in defence. Like, Edo and, and James had, had a bit more licence to stay up front. Sean seemed to have to come, come back and help out and, and work hard at that end. Now, maybe that was he was tracking his man, but I thought defensively he put in a good display too. Yeah, yeah, I thought that too. As did James Brady. Like, he won a big turnover back in the full back line. Uh, over on the terrace side at one stage, I, I yeah, I just thought I think McAvoy is sensational. He looks like he's got just pace, just ability to take to beat a man. At that time he pirouetted, like that's just that's just class stuff. Like and then scoring off both feet, and he's a goal threat. Like his highlight reel um, for for this championship <laughs> would be a joke. Like think with the goal he got against Calvin Gales as well, and his five points right. I think he got against Crushala. Um, Brady's Arva Limited, main dealers for Volkswagen cars and commercial vehicles, have been serving the needs of the motoring community in Cavan, Longford, Leitrim, Monaghan, Mead and the surrounding counties for over 50 years. A family-owned and family-run business, Brady's are famous for their long association with the GAA. If you're looking for a new or used car or commercial vehicle, check out Brady's Arva Limited. They provide an unrivaled sales and after-sales service and are open six days a week. Brady's Arva Limited. Get on the winning team today. See www.bradysarva.ie for more details. 
we you mentioned yesterday Damien Barkey as well, Damien. Um, absolute triumph uh, for him too. Because I was writing about it. That's yesterday. that's another key key part to this victory. Like yeah, hundred percent. If you if you like if they, you're coming they up needed Damien Barkey. If you're around the thirty mark and you miss a season or two with injury, or like he got a bad injury and he came back and then he I think he don't know whether it was a recurrence, but he got another bad injury. Like he yeah. basically missed two seasons. That you might get away with that in your in your twenties. When you're tipping over the thirty mark, imagine what it takes to to actually get yourself back and get right and be be as good as he ever was. Yeah, is is there a debate to say that he was better this year than he ever was? Like I, I didn't think he'd reached these heights. I I, I, I probably sound like a broken record saying that, but it it is so difficult. You're twenty eight, you've you've you had reoccurring issues that just. You know, a lot of people throw in the towel. A lot of people give up on that and say, you know what, it's just not meant to be. I'm, I'm expending a huge amount of time and I'm getting no return for this. But he was, he obviously had stellar belief that eventually his return would come, that he'd get a, a senior championship out of it. You know, I wonder how many other players that were in his exact same position with, you know, the, the injuries with the, the team that he was with who people had questioned over bottle, as you said, all, all of those things going on. How many other people would have walked away? You know, I'd say it's the high, the high 80s, 90% of people would have walked away, but for Damian Barkey to come back, I, I just, and I, I think that that made such a difference because he's like, you call him the, you know, the, the silent assassin or whatever, whatever your, your phrase was for him. I think he's the enforcer. I think he's, he's the bit of steel. Like there's none of those, Rammer backs are, 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 you know, just nice little footballers, but I think he's an extra bit of steel that Rammer just don't have. And, and I think, I think that was as probably as crucial as Sean McAvoy. Mm. But I, I think that defense in general is a bit of a hell's kitchen in there. Like, like they're, they're very physically strong and they're, they're explosive. Um, and they hit hard and, and fair. It, like they, someone, someone asked me, is it the best defense, uh, you've seen in the Cavan Senior Championship. And I was saying, well, the Casaran defence was outstanding there for a few good few years. So that'll be a good debate we might have on a pod sometime to pick a combined team between Rammer 2021 and Casaran 18, 19. I think it would be, that would be a really good discussion. But I, I think that Rammer defence is outstanding. Looking at Ulster, David, and I know we'll be previewing this when it comes closer to the time. Rammer are out on the 4th of December against Kilku. Can, can we, before we go to those, can I bring up one last Yeah, yeah, ball? yeah. So I have my list of curveballs and there's one left left on it. And that was the squeeze on the guarantee kickout. How Liam Brady was coming up to, to block off the, the wide open side that Rammer were leaving, which was as Ronan Bannon is looking out, they were squeezing all the players over to Ronan's left-hand side, which as Ray Cole explained, that's his preferred kick. And then Liam Brady coming out just in case he wanted to go to decide where they had vacated. And again, in the first five minutes, Rammer owned the kickout. They owned the gown of kickout. And that was crucial. So uh, that's that's the final curveball. I think it needs mentioning, but I thought it was uh, another very important tactical move by the Rammer management. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It was really, really clever. Yeah, but like they just got everything right. Um you know, I, I, I don't think Gowna <laughs> completely underperformed on the day either, to give them a bit of credit. But Rammer no, just no. Rammer just went for it. And you know, what can you do? Like when you're being, in hindsight, if 
if Garner could do things differently, they probably would have brought more bodies back. But I did think that maybe Garner having got the scare in the drawing game that they'd change something. Um, you know that they'd sometimes you need that bit of a scare, a loss, or even a draw, whatever it is. You know, win or lose, win or learn type thing. But they didn't change very much. Whereas, you know, we 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 always say it like the team who learns the most wins the replay. But the other in, thing, sorry, a, I, yeah. I was laughing. I was laughing that I I said just the final point on court ball, just as you you mentioned Rammer introduced the subs earlier this week like Lawrence Caffrey had had put in a brilliant effort but he probably was left on a little bit too long last week where he tired they brought in Killian Maguire very early they, they brought in Garth Mannion it was all a little bit earlier after halftime Rammer made sure that they stayed fresh as well which was I think crucial because what could have happened as you said Garner got within uh, three points with 10 minutes to go if it was tired bodies out there if, if the bodies were too tired on the rammer side that's when the gaps appear for a goal in mm. a game but mm. the rammer management were on top of this one they they knew exactly right well we're not going to let our bodies tire here we're going to push the thing on and make sure that we're we've got the energy to finish this thing out and they they, they systematically fouled to make sure the goal chances weren't going to come in and that that persisted the whole way through the game um, for Rammer, possibly I, 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 I look back on a couple of the clips and there may be a case where two of the Rammer players were, were lucky not to receive black cards um, I'm trying just to think who, who exactly the where it was one that I think it was Ryan McGahern released the ball and, and a, a Rammer player kind of was in midair and came down and collided with him um, and then there was another on where it was either Keane or Tiernan Madden was kind of pulled back as he as after he released the ball, um, that could have ended up in it, but they just weren't spotted. And and like look at Rammer, Rammer, they didn't play. It, it wasn't just a nice performance, you know. It was a ruthless performance too by them, and 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 they played it on the edge. They found the line, and and they they, they treaded that line very very closely. Mm. Yeah, that's I think that's fair. Yeah, I think that's fair. I thought they they did they hit very hard. Like and they probably said, look, we're we're a more seasoned team. And why would we, why would we uh, stand back here? But I, I did think that um, the free count was way down on the first day. Like it was, a, it was an open game. I think there was twelve frees in the first half. Garner got eight, and, and six of those I think they got points from. So the free count was well down. The first game um, there was in the, in the region of fifty odd frees in it. So maybe that was the style of referee and was different as well. But when you looked look through the Rammer panel as well, I think there's no doubt Rammer have a stronger panel than Garner. Like we 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 have made so much of all the young Garner players that have come in and, and they have come in, but yet when they when they went to the bench, I suppose with Fiona and Brady uh, having an injury, that stretched them a little bit more. When they went to the bench, like they brought on Ray Kyo, Jared Pearson, um, you know, lads of forty, unbelievable players and servants to Garner over the years. But they, they they do still need to beef up that panel first. Like as you said, Rammer had Gareth Mannion to bring on. Like, and Mannion's an exceptionally good player. He's had a few injury problems, but he's an outstanding player. And he'd start with almost any other team in Cavan. He probably would start with Rammer maybe if he had a, an injury-free run. But he was able to come on. They have Paddy McNamee there in reserve. Like, like he was lighting up the championship earlier on. Owen Somerville is there in reserve, who's an outstanding player. Killian Brady's an excellent uh, cornerback. Like Colin McGuire started this one. He was coming on another game. So just looking at their their list here like Marcy Farley plays a, played a lot for them in the league Michael Smart he's had an awful run of injuries right. he was an exceptionally good cornerback when they won the championship in 16 so the, 
Rambo have a strong panel and I'd say they're looking at it saying we're going to be around for a while here. Gowner are definitely coming back. And here's another stat for you, Damien. So I think there's been I think there's been nine teams have played in a county final since 2010. Okay, so we're talking right. about the two that played on Sunday, Casaran, uh, Mullahorn, Kingscourt, Crushula, Cavan Gales, Balanya. Yeah, there's nine teams that played in the county final since 2010. Um, or maybe there's, sorry, there's maybe 10 now um, with Gowan. I think it's t- actually 10. And all of the other teams that have played in a final have also won a final. Isn't that, isn't that See, extraordinary? That- and that's that. That is my that point. Very well for Garen, I think. Uh, yeah, that that's my my point. I suppose to, to finish off. Uh, if if you think about Garen, let's where do we pull them on the power rankings? I think semi-finals was the best that we had, if not quarters, mm. for 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 Garen. Um, I think semi-finals we both had them, but we didn't predict the final for them. We definitely didn't predict them going all the way to a replay in a, in a final. So was was making this final ahead of what most people would have expected. I, I'd say yes, in fairness to them. Like they've made phenomenal progress this year, probably greater progress than you'd expect considering Cormac Brady, Ryan Brady, Connor Casey, all in their first season. Like three constant starters throughout the, the championship. Tiernan Madden in his second season, Fionnan Brady, Ryan uh, Donahue. In their in their third timeout, third season, like take those that was that eight nine eight players, you're you, you've loaded with inexperience. So for them to achieve that in year yeah. one, you know of of this of this new crop coming in, I think was was well ahead of it. I also think for Gauna that they they put such an amount of effort into their football that this will hurt them more than it hurts some teams that lose county finals. You know, mm. to, to lose a county final is always going to hurt. But around Gauna, this is going to hurt. And that hurt is needed to become absolutely brilliant. You you won't become absolutely brilliant if it comes too easy to you too early. Um, or, it's, or it's definitely harder to become absolutely brilliant. I think that this could be the making of this Gauna team. Mm. I think that if there was ever any worry of them getting carried away or thinking that 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 it's easy to win championships, that's gone now. They know it's not easy to win championships. They know it's tough. They know the effort they've put in over the last 12 months, and they know they've got to do more. And these kind of players doing more with the next crop of players that are coming in behind them. It's I, I think this could be the making of Gown in, in the long term, personally. Yeah, that's a very good point. Yeah. No, I think so. And the fact that they got two cracks at it in the final, it's more, it's all experience for them. Like, um, they probably do need to bring a couple uh, of players into their defence. Um, mm. Well, I know those young Bradys are, are are obviously going to be improving. Like they're they're young, they're excellent. They, they probably need a bit of competition there in the back line. If they got a couple of injuries, they might be stretched a bit. And we saw that when Fiona and Brady got injured. I thought Mark McKeever had a great game for them. He he drove that rammer. He won a few frees. Like uh, you know, he played like a man who who knew what it took there on the big day. So he he definitely lost nothing in the feet, but. I thought Ryan Donahue fielded some good ball there as well. Robbie Fitzpatrick was better um, in the replay than he had been too. Um, Casey as well caused problems, and I thought Oshin Pearson was looking very dangerous. But he went off with the injury. Like it has to be said, that was that, that was, was a probably big blow. that was a big blow, and that was a help to Rammer to close out the game because Pearson was looking dangerous. 
Well, he's just after hitting two points. They had moved him into the full forward line and he was out in front. He was winning ball. He was he looked sharp. It, it all looked like, you know, if, if you remember the roar after he got the first point after halftime, that yes, now now it's back to, was that a three-point game at that point or a four-point game? You know, it, it feels a whole lot closer. And now credit to Rammer, they went back up the other end and they, they hit the next two scores, but was was operating close to the goal and causing problems. Again, I'll go back to the point about the, the gown of forward line. They've got more forwards that can score than any team in the county. And it, once again, all six starting forwards for Gauna got on the scoreboard um, to, uh, this time round. So, well, sorry, that were named as starting forwards. I suppose Key and Madden was a half back. Because um, I, 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 I said to you before the game to, to pick up the lineups of the, of the Rammer side, um, I picked up Gauna and definitely Ryan Brady and Ryan Dunne, who started in the middle of the field, um, and Connor Brady at centre half back. Um, yeah. on, on this one, so and then the rest of it was kind of the man markers were doing their job around it. Um, Key and Madden was in the half back line, Tiernan and Madden lined out at wing half forward, and then it was, it was, um, I think Aaron Brady kind of started as a wing half forward with, with Connor Madden, um, Robbie Fitzpatrick, and Connor Casey on the inside line. Now, Connor Casey looked to stay inside, um, longer at the very start of the game, played closer to goal, but they didn't get the opportunity to get the ball to him, like. I think I'm right in saying Gowna's first shot at goal was after Rammer had 1-2 or 1-3 on one the board. one 3 I think, yeah. Their first meaningful attack, really, they were 1-3 down. Like, so, like mm. from there on, they they actually won the game on the scoreboard by, by a couple of points, like which is testament to them. Like They stuck yeah. at it. They're a young team. The other game I forgot to mention earlier where a team got a massive lead-up was the 2011 final where Kevin Meehan got a goal for the Gales after two minutes and they were 2-6-3 up at halftime. The Gales ran away with that game, um, but Garner didn't let that happen this time. Like they, and that bodes well for them too. But look, there's no doubt the best team uh, are the champions now. And just, just I was going to mention quickly about Ulster. Yes, I look. I was looking back through it earlier on, just for a piece that I was writing, and I just I knew our record was appalling in Ulster, but I didn't realize just how bad it was. So start starting in uh, 2009, we know the Cavan Gales got to the final in 2017 how many other Calvin clubs have won a game in the Ulster Club Championship since 2009 or how many games have we won altogether outside of that year Um, so that you're talking about 11 seasons there's a reason you can't think of Mullerhorn were well beaten in 12 who won it in 11 there's a reason you can't think of it Damien Calvin teams there's none None. We I'll run oh you through God. it very quickly. We've lost the first round every year since 2009, bar 2017, when the Gales got to the final. In t- 2009, the Gales lost to, to St. Gauls at home. In 2010, Kingsford lost to Glenties. That was actually played in Kingsford. It wasn't just a county home game. That's right. 2011, the Gales lost to Glen Swilly at home. 2012, Mullahorn lost heavily to Ergil Kieran at home. 2013, Balanya lost to Russell 14, the Gales lost to Schlottnail. 15, Kingsford lost heavily to Kilku at home. 16, Rammer lost to Mahari from, from Armagh away. 17, the Gales got to the final. 18 and 19, Kassarahan lost to Coleraine. That was played in Kingscourt and uh, Glenties in Breffney. So it's not, a, the draws weren't even that tough because a lot of those games, like 
you were playing first time winners and stuff like that from other counties and you weren't playing teams with a huge pedigree and they always say that experience in it is a big thing a lot of those teams there had experience the Kingscourt had a couple of cracks at it Castron had a couple of cracks at it um, the Gales obviously so Palia and, and, and uh, Rammer didn't they had the one go at it but it's an appalling record and I refuse to believe that our football is that bad I, I don't I don't think it is. I no how could how could it be? Like I was look at those Garner and Rammer players on Sunday and, and knowing how well both teams would have prepared for that. I refuse to believe that that we're that bad that we can barely bar one season we can't win a game in ten or eleven years and most of them at home. So I, I I'll be back in uh Rammer now to give Kilku a good rattle. Yeah, I, I, I want to choose my words wisely here, but I, I think that there's a reason that we we are so bad at, at at provincial level. And I think part of it is that we do put a huge weight on winning our own championships. So you 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 have a you've kind of different approaches coming into the Kilku game. Kilku would have started off when they started training saying, let's go and defend our Ulster title. I think they're the reigning Ulster champions 2019. So they, they, or, or if they weren't, they'd be looking to retain it or get it back again. It was either 18, 19, they won it. So they're they're looking at Ulster. Their target is to get through down to win Ulster. Cavan teams, the target is always to get the senior championship in Cavan. And it's very, very hard to adjust and then change your target midway through. Now, Cavan Gales for years, their target was to win Ulster. And never, never got there, you know, got to the final once. But, and even in 2017, I wouldn't say that their target at that stage was to win Ulster. No, no. Their, their target was to win a championship. But I, I just think that, that look, at if, if I'm being 100% honest, at this moment in time, Kilku are going to have way too much experience of how to get over teams in, in, in Ulster championship mm. games at the time of year. That to for for Rammer to beat them, I just don't see it happening. Um, now, and what what really needs to happen for Rammer to have a chance is, you know, celebrations go on for a few days this week, but by the weekend they they really need to be back and, and at it, you know, at some stage this weekend coming, and then they need to also put in a performance like they put in in the county final against Gowna and maybe even better again, and that's that's something that. We haven't even seen Cavan teams put in really good performances in Ulster. You know, yeah, it's funny. Rammer actually did quite well that time against Mahari, but they were a lot beaten by three points. But Mahari were kind of first time winners, and they, like that was a big surprise for them to win it. So they they were probably vulnerable too. But I know what you're saying to me, Damien. Finish the podcast up to Mattis and clear the place out, and send them all up to the football pitch or the gym. So I'll do that right now. I think that's a great idea. So, folks, just to bring your attention to before we head head uh, off for today, um, obviously we had our reaction podcast yesterday on the Die Hard service. That's over on Patreon.com forward slash We Are Cavan. We heard from Ray Cole, Ado Cole, Liam and James Brady, Damian Barkey and Adam O'Connell. I think that's everybody we, we heard from. So if you want to hear the interviews with those, that's over on Patreon.com forward slash We Are Cavan. And later on in the week, we, we are releasing the first of our Cavan Lives series uh, podcast, which is Mark Farley, uh, formerly of Balls.ie, that uh, he's he's doing a podcast series for us where he's interviewing Cavan people or people with a Cavan connection who have lived a life less ordinary, something a little bit 
out of out of the ordinary and um, in-depth interviews, mostly 45 minutes to an hour long. But the first of them is the uh, Oscar winning Cavan man. Both Kingscourt and Red Hills have claimed them, uh, but Shane Connaughton and, and that's up on Friday. So if you want to hear that, head on over to patreon.com forward slash we are Cavan. There's a, a six podcasts in that series coming up before Christmas. So for a five or a month, you get a little bit outside of the GEA realm. Um, where we talk a bit about the, the people in Cav and that, that we think have lived lives less ordinary. So thanks a million, folks, for listening to the McAvoy's Super Value GEA podcast. Commiserations to Gown and congratulations to Rammer United. Plenty of action to look ahead to over the coming weeks as the Ulster campaigns get on the way. It'll start with Den on Sunday week. Um, uh, Saturday week. Birthday. Saturday week, I think, yeah. Is it Saturday week? Yeah, they're playing we're, we're, the Anthem Champions. Yeah, we're in Kingspan Breffin. So home game. We're looking forward to that one. So we'll be we'll be looking forward to all that action um on next week's podcast. And and uh, we've another one coming before the end of the week as well. Thanks very much, folks. <laughs>